everyone. My name is Diana Daniels, YPO Greater Europe, and I am the CEO and co-founder of Kronos Group working in telecom, labor, and financial inclusion. And it's my pleasure to be hosting the Leader of Leader podcast brought to you by the YPO Leadership Development Network. And today I'm more than happy to receive in this space to Susan Wilden. She is the Airbnb Country Director in Australia and New Zealand Oceania, and also a YPO for the Sydney Australia Regional Integrated Chapter since 2021. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you, Diana. Great to chat. Awesome. Well, just for you guys to know a little bit more of Suzanne, she's been the Airbnb Countries Director uh, since October 2019. Then uh, actually Susan joined Airbnb from Google, where she spent several years leading a variety of teams, including the head of government and performance, and also agencies. She's super passionate about the future of tech. She has more than 20 years in experience across the technology, e-commerce, legal, travel, and property sectors. Susan is a leader known for disrupting the norm and breaking down barriers. Um, so I would love to start on that piece, Susan. What do you see? What advice do you have for all these leaders and members that are interested in paving their own way on breaking down those barriers and disrupting their own industries? I think there's two ways that they can go about it, Diana. Firstly is, uh, for me, it's always been about the courage to say yes. So I think part of breaking down barriers is not putting expectations on yourself about this is what I can do or this is what I can't do or this is what I should do or this is what is accepted for me to do. So for me, a lot of the career opportunities along the path has simply been uh, that I've said yes to things that I think I'm not going to be good at or I'm going to fail at, but I'll have a go anyway and see where it lands. And more often than not, Um, As with most people, you work out actually that you can do it. And it then has meant that I've taken opportunities that perhaps I wouldn't necessarily have gone for. So, for example, I never would have thought not having a tech background that I could have worked at Google. And when Google first approached me, I actually said no, because it was just such a foreign uh, concept, having a background in aviation and law firms. And then when they called the second time, I remember thinking, I I should have a conversation at least. Uh, And that has been one of the most interesting roles um, that, that I've been able to enjoy as well. Uh, and then I think the second part as leaders of leaders is that we actually need to be far more conscious about looking at our teams and seeing where there are uh, people who uh, perhaps need a little bit of extra confidence uh, to be able to go and to, to develop into, into roles as well. So for me, it's about what you can do as an individual for your own career, but also how you can help others on that journey as well. I love this because totally, you know, it, sometimes we just get into things that we know that we're great at, but all this other spectrum of areas that we probably haven't touched yet that we might excel about them. So yeah, I, I love this idea. You know, we did recently an amazing series of workshops here at the Leadership Development Network, and we spoke about how to create employee buy-in. This is what's about like, how can you retain talent? How can we learn during? Uh, you know, several areas. We actually did like a three-week series of conversations and workshops with YPOers and about what their employees, you know, what what would they do? Like, uh, mm. would they stay with you or not? You know, would they stay only for the money? We discovered actually that many of them, they, they actually are leaving companies not necessarily just for the money, you know? Mm. And, and and in the past, I remember, you know, that you needed to have like a little football or, or a, a beer bar and, and many of those perks in the office are not making it any longer. You know, that piece on how to attract talent is practically over. Talent want to work from home, even better. They want to travel and work. You know, they want to be this digital nomad. So please tell, tell us, Susan, your work in this, you know, in this area is very disruptive. Your work in this very disruptive company who 
already changed that ecosystem of how we not only go on vacation, but also where do we work? How do you see, you know, uh, the, the things that Airbnb did disrupting the traditional workforce, and and how do you see that in the years to come? Do you, do you expect to see this continuing increase in the digital nomads, or or a shift in the traditional workplace in accordance to, for instance, the Airbnb allocations and prices? I, I have some feedback in there, but I would love to know about what what do you see? For sure, I actually think that that psychological safety is is the base of all of this. So if you have a team who feels safe, they will show up and work in whatever environment and give their best, regardless of the foosball table or the, you know, the bar in the corner. And for me, what I really like about um, Airbnb's recent live and work anywhere uh, policy is it does exactly that, but it's not only good for the team that you're working with. It's actually good for the, for the business overall. And what that means is for my team, they can live and work anywhere in the world. Um, and they can do that for up to 90 days, which is visa and, and tax implications. So they can go and, you know, we're, we're a, a global workforce. So people on my team who have family in France or they have family in Spain can go and spend time there and while still working in their job. And I think as, as an employer, why would you limit yourself to only hiring people who are within the postcode that your head office is in when you can get the best talent in the world to work on your business? And one of the examples we had was um, a female lawyer who had been living in, in Singapore doing an a APAC role, uh, running the APAC legal team. And she wanted to move back to a small country town where her and her family was originally from. And she has um, has moved back at the start of this year. And she said to me, this never would have been possible that I could have done this level of role from a small country town and have the best of both worlds, which is family support, um, being, you know, back where she actually wanted to be. Uh, so I think for me, that's that's where you get the best out of people is I trust you to do the work that you've been hired to do. Um, and I will allow you to do that in any way that works best for you. And that means you're not locked into nine to five. You're not locked into having to show up to the office. Um, and I think the other thing that Airbnb did that I think was really revolutionary was you could live anywhere in the country that you were employed permanently and take your salary with you. So it means you can go from San Fran to Texas and take your salary with you, which again is a game changer in terms of driving economic benefit much broader than just these kind of known tech hubs. Um, and, and it's proven to be incredibly successful. So uh, to put it in context, when we announced that live and work anywhere policy, the following week, Airbnb had a million, one million hits on their careers website page. So that means wow. you get to cherry pick the best of the best. And what advice uh, would you give to uh, our audience that are looking at us right now and thinking, okay, I want to probably hire the best uh, resources from whatever mm. countries and so on. It's like you, you spoke about a little piece about compensation, right? So mm. You have the possibility of not paying, let's say, San Francisco or New York salaries because they might live in Manila or in, you know, other place, you know, in Monterey. Well, Monterey might be a little bit more expensive these days, but let's say in Guatemala City, right? And, uh, and, and then therefore not necessarily have to pay those expensive salaries like in the big, big cities. How would you <laughs> think that this is, uh, helping people and, and what resources would you recommend for someone looking into? gaining insight on on hiring people abroad? So I think you do need structure. The structure is really important and you do still need the head office. So for example, when we talk about structure, I have a 12-month rolling program with the entire team where it's once a month we have what we call affinity groups. So that would be pride at, women at, black at, and it's basically bringing those groups together for events and all of the allies, which is obviously the whole office. And so by having those in the diary once a month, it then means everyone comes into the office to collaborate on those days, as well as having a really fun team activity. So it's not just about kind of saying, go out, do your own thing. 
because culture is still really important. Bringing people together for innovation and collaboration is still really important. But doing it in a way that combines fun plus that work means people really want to come in um, and, and to connect and to see each other. And so it is about making sure you've still got the office space to be able to do that. Um, but again, why would you limit yourself to where you can hire from? So for us, it's been about um, we are a global platform. We're in nearly every country in the world. You want representation from that much of a, of a broad, diverse background because they're the people who know best about the regions that they live and work in. Uh, and so that for us is also a, a competitive advantage in being able to do that. You know, you have this great experience in uh, working for disruptive brands. You work for uh, Google, obviously, Groupon, you know, now Airbnb. And so these companies have been dis- disrupting the status quo of markets mm-hmm. and brands and products. What type of opportunities do you believe that is in the coming years for the leaders of today in doing something extra? And what advice would you give them? I actually wish I knew exactly what was coming because that would make it very easy to, to, to be a VC fund. Um, for me, I do think um, the explosion of AI, I think self-driving cars, there's a lot of things that I think will change how we work, how we live, uh, how we behave and what opportunities we have. Um, for me, the thing that I'm most excited about is getting the next billion users um, onto the internet. And if you think about those who aren't, like just the the manpower that and the and the brains that that brings online that aren't isn't currently there and what that does for economic economic kind of growth around the world I think will be amazing. Uh, so for me, I think there's there's a lot coming, but it's very hard to pinpoint what's going to be the the one that definitely is the big shift. All right, so we're like in this piece uh, which I love in the podcast, which is uh, about um, I'm going to give you ten questions, <laughs> and I wanted to tell me hopefully in one word whatever that it comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. Okay. Are you a morning or a night person? Oh, night. <laughs> awesome. Me too. What about, uh, what is the best compliment that you ever received? Oh, uh, that I was kind. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Mm. I like, you're very kind. That's Thank true. you. And um, what is the most important thing you've learned in your career? Uh, I think that it's always family first. So I'm, I'm blessed to have had a really great career, but I think you realize the value of family, particularly after children. Um, so yeah, that for me is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, a very insightful. Mm. What is the biggest risk that you've taken in your career and um, in your career, and was it worth it? None of them appear like risks. I probably the one that I did when I was 21 was I sat in a hotel foyer for about eight hours to pitch a business idea to Richard Branson, which we ended up doing together. Um, and partnering on, but it was worth it. Um, I'm not sure I would do that now. It feels slightly stalkerish, but at the time that was the only option. All right. Well, think back when you were a six-year-old, I know you have a 10 year old girl. So hmm. think about like in that age, what was your dream job? Oh, it was to be a flight attendant, which I actually did for a period of time. Uh, I grew up in a town of 160 people in, in outback Australia. Uh, so to get to see the world was something that was always um I wanted to do. And then that's actually where I ended up pitching uh, Richard and doing an, an aviation partnership with him. Oh, that is so fun. Tell mm-hmm. me, what is the biggest opportunity you see in your industry? Uh, digital nomads. I think the ability for everyone to untether and work from where they want to, I think does change the view of home ownership, single dwelling, one location permanently. Um, and I think what a unique opportunity to get and meet other cultures and just expand knowledge base. Um, yeah, I think that's an amazing uh, opportunity. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Awesome. All right. So what is the one thing that makes you feel inspired? I read a lot of autobiographies. So just other people's journeys, I think, always inspires me. I just, 
I find, yeah, I find it extraordinary. What is one thing that you avoid uh, to do to avoid the burnout? I jog. I can listen to awful music that no one else wants to hear. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay. Let's say that you can resume your your whole life in one book. What would be the name of it in one word? Forward. Always going forward. Forward. I like that. Hmm. All right. So let's go back when you were 18 and um, you were going to talk to yourself again. What would you tell her? What advice would you tell to your 18-year-old? Uh, probably to be less concerned about what others think about your career choices or your path and that it always it always works out. Well, I guess that you've done amazing career choices, Suzanne. Uh, you've, you've helped many companies to reach the next level, and this is amazing. I'm so thankful. Thank you uh, that you are able to come to our podcast and share with us your wisdom. You know, we got a perspective on how you look into the future of uh, talent rotation. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, for coming here. Thank you, Diana. Lovely to chat as always. Awesome. And thank you, our audience. Thank you for listening to us. You can listen to webinar in Spotify and Applecast and the YPO source as well on YouTube. I want you to invite, I want to invite you, all of you, to our next episode, Leaders of Leaders. My name is Diana Daniels, and I'll be happy to be with you once more in our next episode. Stay tuned.